So basically my name is um, Alok and um, I, I, I have, I'm a psychiatrist by profession and I have worked with the Indian Air Force for 21 years and I am with the ashram for the last 15 years and uh, basically like every one of us, I, I've been following this yoga um, or trying to walk the path since last 34 years. So basically like everybody else, um, uh, I'm a seeker. I'm not a psychiatrist or this or that. You see, this is the big problem of education is that it finishes all our urge to learn uh, by giving a degree and a label. So we think now we know, isn't it? And we are trained in a system and we think that's it. And there's nothing more fatal than that because we stop growing. Whereas actually deep within we are all seekers. We never stop growing. And that is something we need to uh, always remember. And that's where I come back to the question of going beyond the frames. Because we constantly have this innate urge to know more, to exceed more, to transcend our limits. And um, unfortunately, the moment we are given a degree, we believe that now I know it. And that's where we start growing old and decline starts, isn't it? How many times have we felt, no, that parents, teachers don't understand us? Because they also followed that pattern, they reached a point and they thought we know. But really, if we believe we know, then we stop knowing. Okay, so always keep this little bit of or abundant humility that, you know, and the urge to know. Alright, so there is in us an incorrigible urge to go beyond the frame, beyond the hardwire that the body has built for us and the software that the mind has provided. This urge, actually when we begin to express this urge, it takes two roots. One is education, normally. Education is an effort to go beyond the frames, isn't it? Ideally. But the worst part is it ends up with a frame. <laughs> the, the highest frame that human beings have, have given us through mental learning. And the other process that uh, human beings undertake in trying to go beyond the frames is called yoga. Yoga literally means to unite with your highest possibility. That's what yoga means. Yoga has nothing to do or little to do with, uh, you know, upside down postures and doing a lot of breathing. All these are uh, practices which are helpful. You can do it if you feel like. But yoga means to unite, go beyond the frames. So I've been a seeker and hence I felt that these frames in which I was taught all the modern schools of psychotherapy and uh, psychology didn't uh, satisfy me. So it's good to remain dissatisfied and so I sought to go beyond the frame and that's where yoga came in. Yoga teaches us how to go beyond the frames without breaking it abruptly, without creating a dislocation of another kind because sometimes when this urge is too strong, and we don't know what to do. So we just break. We break the norms and forms that are existing. But we don't know what to replace it with. So we tend to go into one kind of chaos. A lot of adolescents I see nowadays who are experiencing this existential angst. And they don't know what is the way. And hence they end up just destroying the frame. Because they want to be free. So the bird destroys the cage. Somehow it destroys or it looks for any hand. To free it from the cage. That hand may be the butcher's hand. 
<laughs> okay so uh, while it is very good the urge is very beautiful to go beyond the frames it's natural and given to human beings and it's good to go beyond limits but there is a way and a process to go beyond the limits and that way is called yoga okay yoga in a deeper sense there are many ways to do it and i am not touching upon that right now so one of the things that helps me uh, in counseling when i deal with people and it's this that they are all on a evolutionary journey we are all on a evolutionary journey and all the crises of our life are points which open a door to evolve further all right meaning thereby if i am in a state of depression or anxiety or i have issues in relationships or i have uh, issues with uh, you know workplace basically it's not those things that need to change it's that i need to change but i cannot change based on trying to adjust myself according to the environment okay that's what people normally say you need to change meaning thereby that you need to adjust to the world around that may be a temporary thing but it cannot be the permanent solution because i cannot live somebody else's life so i need to change based upon my ability and capacity to be the master of the world around me let's take an example what do we do when somebody insults what do we do when somebody insults or somebody depreciates us gone through phases when you feel that you know somebody is kind of rejected me and i am not loved what do you do during that time how do you yeah we find yes we find mistake in others this one thing or we find mistake in ourselves which is worse out of the two finding mistake in yourself is worse let me tell you don't go into self depreciation all right i am bad you don't become bad because somebody says <laughs> something you are you okay so this is one part and of course finding mistake in other also doesn't help you much beyond a point maybe you can have a catharsis by accusing or you know telling the person complaining or getting angry which is okay but you know it doesn't help you so what really helps at that point of time to discover that my sense of self is dependent on somebody and why should it be so ever raised this question why should somebody define who i am what i am and you know my self worth which means you launch yourself on a path of self discovery what is my true self worth okay so that's where change begins to happen where we begin to look into ourselves that what is my true self worth why should somebody else define be it parents be it good or bad we are not discussing that or a friend or a relative or society i must discover so what is a self worth that's where indian yoga comes in it says that all of us have something within us which is intrinsically beautiful it starts with a premise which is so beautiful you know there is a kind of premise where we are taught that we are sinners and bad guys and you know we are but there is another premise you know the indian yoga starts with the premise that all of us intrinsically are beautiful and divine we have a divine nature okay we may not understand it right now but we have basically intrinsically we are divine but this divinity is not uniformity all of us are same way divine no we are divine each in a different way let me give an example 
which is uh, better a lion an elephant or a deer or a snake i'm giving you four examples which is better a mountain or a river or a forest see difficult no because each is representing an aspect of creation mountain is majesty mountain is strength mountain is concentrated force river is flowing of life washing away all the time carrying everything and taking it to the great sea what a river can do mountain can't do and what a mountain can do a river can't do both complement each other eternal rest mountain eternal movement river they complement each other forest look at its denseness its variety its danger its charm okay the deer swiftness all right the lion acquired power elephant massive strength and a kind of intelligence which is amazing so every person every being okay has its own beauty its own quality within which can be called as a divine quality which is trying to express itself but what happens like um, you know hira surat surat is all about diamonds ha <laughs> hira is covered with dust so what is the what does the person in the shop how it has reached there it has been taken out of dust deep inside and then what is done to it you, before polishing you clean it no you clean it then you polish it and then you set it into a good shape now that dust becomes diamond all right so that's all that we have to do so there is the dust of what is called in yoga as we have a double nature there is a true divine nature within us which is covered with the dust of millenniums of soft wiring and we add to this soft wiring every time you call a person wicked bad horrible to a child to a friend to anybody what we are doing throwing another heap of dust and every time we call a person you are beautiful you just have a little bit of anger it's okay you'll be fine what we are doing we are taking out the dust you'll want to shine what is its practical implication what does it mean one of the techniques in yoga is to keep reminding yourself that i am intrinsically divine it is done with the help of a kind of meditation that i am that so hamasmi heard about this mantra you know it's one of the highest mantras that one can imagine what is the mantra i am that that meaning with a capital t meaning the divine so now you understand that all the puja all the things we do in temples and other places basically what is all this meant for we are given a miniature image of what divinity can be it is we are not just meant to go worship and come back but to introject if i may use the psychological word 
or a more spiritual word, awaken the God-like within us. Alright. That's why see so many stories. Rama, Krishna, Shiva, all other cultures, plenty of stories, no? Are there to awaken the sense of the divinity within us. That's why in Indian culture, at one point of time, we grew up with stories. Now we don't have that. Because everybody is too busy with their own stories, <laughs> own life. Okay? So one of the things that we use in child education, child psychology is to, uh, very indirectly, you don't have to say to change, you just tell a story. Okay? So now we don't have time to go back. We, should we start reading Ramayana, Mahabharata? No, it's difficult, you know, after a certain age. So what do we do? We start telling ourselves a story. Okay? We are not helpless slaves of circumstances. We have a life ahead. And I can write my own story. Okay? Now you see the problem begins. You want to write your own story, which is a beautiful story. But there are many other script writers in your life. Isn't it? Mom wants to write your story, dad wants to write your story, teachers want to write your story, even your friends want to control your life and write your story. Leave aside husband and wife. So it's not fair. I need to write my story. So in a relationship, its impact, implication is that when somebody else begins to control your life or write your story or we start doing it, we are being unfair. Okay, so what is the ideal of relationship? You write your story, I'll help in that story. I write my story, you help in my story. Okay, be a helpful guy, not a script writer. You understand the difference? So, how do I write my story? Now go back one step backward. In this whole day, let's take this day from morning. What kind of thoughts and feelings came to you? Beautiful thoughts, feelings or dark thoughts and feelings. So, go backward. Two years, five years, ten years back. So, we will see that somehow, intrinsically, we are strangely programmed, soft-wired. As if we start thinking of all the possible obstacles, difficulties, failures and everything. Okay? And why does that happen? One reason is, we are again being conditioned that the goal is outside me. Now the moment goal is outside you, then there is a problem. Why? Because it depends on hundred things. Okay? But if you take it that goal is intrinsic, as I spoke about divine nature, it is within me. Then, there is autonomy and there is freedom. It doesn't depend on somebody. It depends on how I change situations and circumstances and outer experiences as a feeder for my inner growth. Okay? So, goal is within us. The moment you do this shift, then you are not worried about failure. Failure can help you discover and success can help you discover. Pleasure can help you discover something within you. And pain can help you discover something within you. What does pleasure help us discover and what does pain help us discover? Because in psychology, in patients, we will deal with all this. What does pleasure help us discover? 
does it really help us discover anything ability maybe to be happy temporarily but it helps us discover something very important if you look at pleasure you i am sure everybody has had pleasurable moments that it comes and goes away don't get attached hooked to pleasure enjoy but if you get hooked to it then that's where addiction starts okay because it's not going to stay forever so you see this drug addiction and everything stems from where this urge to make pleasure a constant thing now again this urge is fine we want to be happy throughout perfectly valid urge but it won't come through the path of pleasure why it doesn't come through the path of pleasure what is the problem because pleasure is always dependent on something outside that's why the difference between being on high on drugs and alcohol and being on high when you do exercise or meditation okay exercise and meditation is an intrinsic way to discover joy of life so when you discover it or even attitudinal changes so when you discover it something abiding because it's a change within you and when you depend on something outside obviously it will always be dependent on something outside be it a partner be it a activity outside activity or be it drugs or anything or promotion you know it will always so pleasure comes to teachers that this is not going to last forever and therefore we discover other ways of being happy okay and what does pain teaches dread teacher pain nobody wants this teacher but it comes to teach us something yeah something very important pain teaches us yeah strength absolutely strength endurance ability to face life is it important or not do we need strength we need strength for everything for success in life for success in spiritual life in yoga in everything we need strength okay so pain teaches us strength endurance faith even in everything that is dark if you can still keep a ray of hope then that's a very good sign and what teaches us to be that pain so pain is a teacher okay so when people come in pain it's don't say oh my god so sad you know very bad you know what happened to you and worst is blame it on karma tumhare karam aise the don't do all this ha huh? believe in that did some bad karma and so today you are suffering ha huh? how many believe in this kind of karma theory karma is all about learning and progress karma is not about reward and punishment there is nobody out there you know rewarding with a carrot in one hand and stick in another okay there is nobody like that otherwise god will be nothing but a ceo running a company and very badly okay <laughs> so it is all about growth constant growth so when you go through a crisis it is a doorway of growth an opportunity for growth and always there is something which can grow So I had a patient who came at a at 
as a 14-year-old, he wanted to commit suicide and his parents wanted to commit suicide. So what was the patient suffering from? Was suffering from uh, what is called as a muscular progressive muscular dystrophy. So which means slowly his, all his muscles will stop functioning and one day he will die. He can't even eat food. It's an inevitable fate. There is no treatment for it. It's a genetic disorder. So at 14 he was already wheelchair bound. So it's quite a bad situation. So parents also, only child and they thought, you know, what is the point of her living? So I asked the child few questions. I asked him, you are sad, yes, why? I can't do what other children can do. What is it that you can't do which other children can do? Well, I cannot uh, run, I cannot buy, drive bicycle, I cannot play cricket, I cannot go up a tree. I said, yes, agreed. Are there things which you can do, which others can also do? He thought for a while, said, yes, I can think. Surprised. I can pray. I can meditate. I didn't expect this answer from him. I said, so can you do it? Can you not do it better than others because you don't have the distractions? He said, yes. I said, so this is your strength. So you will think and what you think you will record. Okay, if you can write, he was still able to use his hands a little bit. Otherwise, through I told the parents, you get a voice recorder, record what he speaks and you know. And you will pray and you will meditate. Okay, so he started coming. Within few days, he was completely a changed boy. There's no medication, just a shift that there is something which can still grow. So he started writing poetry. Beautiful poetry. <laughs> Poet is born. Then to parents, I asked them, so what are your goals? He said, recovery. What do you mean? The body functions normally. What does he do with the body? He goes to school and he's... Which they know won't happen. Okay. So then I explained to them, again this shift, that look. Basically, he is with you for a certain kind of experience. He is on his grow journey of evolution. Can you help him evolve, grow? They said, yes, we didn't think of it like that. I said, you are focused too much on the body which you also know there is not really much treatment. So can you focus on his inner being, which anyways is free, can be free. Suddenly they understood, it's like again shifting a needle inside. That yes, even in the worst situation, we can always progress inwardly. We can progress by putting music in the environment, by creating a nice atmosphere, by communication. So I have had another patient like progressive muscular dystrophy, he started reading Savitri. Every day one page. And he had interest in cricket. I said, okay, you watch cricket and learn how to predict. So he started enjoying so much that parents had other problem that he's whole day watching cricket. I said, let him watch cricket. <laughs> His mind is growing. Isn't it? So you see, there is always opportunity for growth, for progress. And we need to use that. And all crises is a doorway given to us for that. Alright, so this is a basic framework that there is within us something divine and beautiful and we should help each other bring it out. And how do we do it? By reminding. What do we instead remind each other? The bad guy. From childhood, no, it comes. Now parents are educated. What earlier? 
बदमाश कहीं का होता है ना ऐसे देखा होगा आपने घरों में इट्स नॉट ए गुड वे विद एनी बडी और वेन वी हैव ए रिलेशनशिप आफ्टर सम टाइम वट हैपन ओह यू आर द बिगेस्ट मिस्टेक ऑफ माई लाइफ वट यू से यू आर द बिगेस्ट बिगर मिस्टेक सो वट इज हैपनिंग नाउ वी आर थ्रोइंग मोर एंड मोर डस्ट वी डोंट नो हाउ टू रियली अप्रिशिएट टू ब्रिंग आउट द बेस्ट विद इन ईच अदर ओके सो फ्रॉम टूडे लर्न टू ब्रिंग आउट योर बेस्ट एंड इट्स ओनली वेन यू ब्रिंग आउट योर बेस्ट दैट यू विल हैव द कॉन्फिडेंस टू ब्रिंग आउट द बेस्ट इन अदर्स सो रिमाइंड योर सेल्फ ऑलवेज दैट इंट्रेंसिकली यू आर ए ब्यूटिफुल बींग डिवाइन बींग बट यू डोंट नो दिस सो सेट डाउन एंड मेडिटेट ऑन दिस दैट वेर इज दिस इंट्रेंसिक डिविनिटी आई नीड टू डिस्कवर इट I need to bring it out, and you will see. You will get help from all the cosmic forces, the gods, and the divine Himself, because that's what He is here for. Divine is not here to give you rasgulla and chocolates and chum chum. Get rid of that idea of the divine. Huh? Divine is here to bring out the best within you, and if you ask Him for that, He will help you in that discovery. So that's what makes a. beautiful meditation okay sit down and if you want peace peace joy these are our intrinsic divine nature love you don't need to search somewhere outside just every day sit quietly ask for peace for joy for love for beauty and you'll see that from within you it will begin to emerge because it's all inside only it is covered and don't believe those who say that you are not a good guy you are a bad girl and you know this and that and 100 things okay so i'll give a break here if you have questions i can take some questions we have 20 25 minutes hmm if you could share more cases plenty i have given you the hints of two patients i gave you so many adolescents who come in a state of depression but actually they are searching for something deeper within them okay they are they are they have a wounded self esteem but wounded self esteem is a very good way to discover your true self worth so i don't use the word patients personally i don't like even a word like client so when i meet people i don't meet on a Uh, doctor therapist and client relationship because it uh, limits the relationship in a certain frame which may be all right to operate at one level but i don't i i take it like a friend a friend who has a little more experience who can help you to grow okay so i have people who have come distraught with their family because you know parents were constantly um they were not fitting into the frame okay they had uh, unusual uh, seeking sometimes they didn't even know what they are seeking so i help them discover what they are seeking through a uh, process of maybe question answer where they are from there one has to proceed so i don't follow a fixed method or a framework that with everybody i'll do that then there is something which helps me to understand people on a levels of consciousness and the modes of nature they are operating so there are people who are extremely tamasic so for them i would advise some activity some yeah some ambition so that they can shake off the tamas inside them so like that i proceed based on each one which may be very different i have given you a broad um, 
but one thing i must tell you that none of this you will be able to apply unless you embark on your own journey it cannot come through book or courses let me be very clear this is just a teaser or a feeler if you don't embark on a discovery of there is something like divine nature inside me let me discover if you don't have that urge if you say okay now i have another kind of knowledge system it's no, yoga is not a system it goes beyond systems so if you feel enthused and inspired then search for it and if you have the search you will get the guidance the guide the books everything will come your way don't have to worry okay and then you will be able to apply this knowledge in the true way you were saying something so personally when it comes to yogic knowledge or knowledge of consciousness and concentration and things like that we believe in it and we do it Yes, so so don't use terms which are uh, typically smack of a uh, religious attitude because the world today is moving away from religion towards spirituality. So sometimes even the word God, because you know these words. Why the problem is these words have been defined in the human head in a certain way. So the moment you say God. somebody thinks of a being sitting out there in beard and is with a carrot and rod you know so if you use the word immediately that set will come okay uh, terms like temples all that stage of evolution is anyways over so for example i would uh, did i use the word soul anywhere but but i was talking about when i speak about something beautiful within you you can use another term there is a space within us which is beautiful where you can withdraw so don't use words which are uh, which are defined or which create uh, uh, already you know unfortunately these words have been corrupted it's uh, behind it's a very very interesting play of forces these words have been corrupted so if you use the word soul in a typical analytical mind setting they'll say oh where is it first tell me is it inside my body then you have to talk about dimensions about space you can talk i i can logically prove about the soul you know that there are several dimensions of space time and we can go but that's a very analytical way to go simple is that well there is something intrinsically beautiful within us proof well don't we seek beauty don't we seek joy don't we seek peace don't we seek love we seek it why do we seek it because somewhere within us there is a seed we seek it outside sometimes if we don't find in human beings we go into nature but better we seek it inside us okay so use these words when you deal with people and sometimes if people are deeply religious you can use that for their growth nothing no nothing wrong with that so if there is a muslim i would tell him ki khuda par bharosa kar why are you so agitated and anxious when on one side you you know do your namaz five times and you still don't have trust in god all religions have this issue but if it's a hindu who is going to temple i would say that that you know you believe there is something greater than you yes why don't you for a change learn to trust and surrender to that okay so depending on a somebody is a non believer atheist so i tell him that look you know no difficulty is given to you which you don't have the power to resolve and i'll see the whole history of human evolution is about that challenges when there are challenges even science speaks about evolutionary challenge so you can break down or you can grow 
So I'll use a very neutral scientific uh, term. Because ultimately there is only one thing which is happening. It's evolution. Change is all about evolution. Adaptation is all about evolution. Okay, so ultimately it's happening all through. Now the term that you will use will depend upon what the client is already through the software which the client uses. Which you have to feel as you go through. He may be going through a phase when he is, uh, uh, you know, phase of iconoclasm when you destroy all the images that you have built within the mind and outside. So it's also a good phase. You teach him to, you know, uh, in the true sense, be an agnostic and seek. Seeking is always there. Nobody can deny seeking. Even a Bertrand Russell cannot deny seeking. Bring out that seeking. Ask an individual what you are really seeking. What is your need? For instance, a girlfriend has left me and gone. Or boyfriend has left me and gone. What are you seeking through her? What does she represent for you? Oh, she used to give me or he used to give me so much happiness. What else he was giving you? Support. What else? So you realize that it is not about the man. It's about his worth which you gave him, which never existed. You see, <laughs> you have given him an importance which never existed. A lot of people suffer because of that. I see housewives who are so unhappy, you know, with their husbands. Because it doesn't fulfill whatever they expect. So I tell them that, look, you know, why do you think you have to be dependent on someone? What about your own strength? Bring it out. Then your relationship will be meaningful. You know the difference between dependency, attachment and love? This is the difference. Dependency is not love. People mistake the two. So I have to, it's like a re-educating, reprogramming. Okay, a lot of cases, yesterday only, somebody whom I was discussing and I explained that, you know, why are you so unhappy thinking your husband has to do things for you? You can do it. You can take charge of your life. Imagine if he is not there in your life. What would you do? Will you do something about your life or you won't do? I will do. What will you do? With all the difficulties in the world, do that, even if it is one step. So the question is, what if I don't succeed? Doesn't matter. You will grow as a human being. It's not about life, it's not about success. It was never meant for success or failure. It was meant to grow. When you play a game, you may lose or you may win. But what happens to you? You develop your muscles, your stamina, your capacity, your strength. So once they know it, then they go about it and go fearlessly. And well, you may succeed. Nobody can ensure this idea that seven laws of spiritual success, you will get success. Nobody can ensure that you will get success or failure. What you can decide and determine is how you will respond to it. That's within you. And depending on that, you grow as a human being. And when you grow as a human being, you actually increase your chances of success. See, that's how it works. So that's the direction I would take. Okay? Yes. doesn't matter. You believe in yourself. That's the minimum. Now, if a person doesn't believe even in oneself, then you have to look for the causes why the person doesn't believe in oneself. Now, it could be because one has met with past failures or for some reason there is poor self-worth. Alright. That's when you have to teach how to develop self-worth. Educate the person what are the things that the person can do. There are plenty of things which we have done in life and navigated through these challenges. Let me give one example. What was the first challenge of life? 
which we may not remember ha huh? living living our parents at home and going to well yes even before that things which we don't remember standing up so what happens when you stand up you fall then you stand up then you fall you stand up then one day you start running then this is we don't remember then one of the things is when we went to school and we face the exams first standard exam my god life depends on that isn't it so remind the person that you are capable you see in ramayana there is a very interesting episode so the episode is when the monkey is uh, face the challenge of going further south sampati you know sampati is a character who can see 100 miles but uh, cannot fly anymore because he tried to touch the sun prematurely okay so he says i can see where is sita she is in lanka but i can't take you there once upon a time i had strong wings so now they don't know what to do there there are no flights from india to lanka and there are no you know ships sailing out there what do they do they have to jump across now you know jumping across an ocean is an impossible thing so they are all sitting like this so jambant tells hanuman you know you can do it <laughs> come on you must be joking i am just an ordinary monkey like everybody else then he reminds hanuman what you have done in the past it's a very beautiful um, tulsidas has captured it in a very beautiful way that you know you have done you tried to swallow the sun and in childhood if you really remind ourselves there are such imaginations fantasy world we used to believe that everything is possible so why can't you do it now you have done it earlier he had forgotten it out of some you know cards which is a very symbolic story we all have forgotten our own strength remind the person that yes you have the strength and you try it and besides how does strength increase when you try who is a failure who has given up as long as you are striving you have not failed and even when you have failed in one way you can approach it in another way so at least the person should have faith in himself it doesn't matter ultimately faith in god ultimately amounts to that who is god your own deepest highest self so ham asmi so when you say faith in god meaning thereby there is something within me which is so beautiful so powerful all knowing which can shake the mountains literally it can create everything anew there is within me i don't know it yet so there are representative images of god so you have the temples you have gods you have deities you have guru you have masters you know who represent for you that which actually you carry within so what does a master do he points out that well you you have to he gives you a way that by which you can discover this divine within us all right so that is how faith in yourself is a very big thing doesn't matter you have two hands you have two legs as i said you can sit you can pray you can meditate hundred things we can do we can think we can play with our mind it can be very fascinating how to replace one kind of thought with another it's just that we have not learned these things from childhood how to manipulate our thoughts our feelings but it can be very fascinating try every night to sit and project your day onto the screen like a screen and see what were the things which you could have done differently you got angry maybe you could have given another response so 
Faith in oneself is the minimum. Yes. Yes, so we must understand we are not God at that level. So always remember the Gita's view of Nishkam Karma. Whatever you may do, ultimately there is something intrinsic within a person which will push him through the kind of experiences that he is destined to lead. So beyond a point, yes, your limits end. Because if let us say a person doesn't want to change, even God cannot change him. So we don't play God. So we understand that, well, we have done our best, but you should have done your best and you should never give up. But the person may not change. Sometimes the change may not be visible on the surface. You know, when you drop water drops on a hard rock, you may not see any change for three years. Or like an egg, inside the egg change is taking place, but outside it looks the same. So many human beings outside, you may feel it's all a wasted effort. Still, you have tilled the soil. It is going to help one day, even if not in this life. You have tilled the soil, maybe sown a seed. When that seed will blossom, that time factor can tell. Okay, we are not always, I take this example of a farmer. Okay, somebody tills the soil. Somebody plants the seeds. Somebody waters them. Somebody prevents the little shoot from being eaten up by animals. Somebody sees the tree grow, the plant grow into a tree and somebody enjoys the flowers and the fruits. That's life. Do your bit. Maybe it's given to us just to till the soil in a human being and no change takes place in our own lifetime. Doesn't matter. We should still do our best. It may not. That's what I said. Nobody can ensure success in any endeavor. But still you are doing something which is beautiful. So do your bit and leave the rest to destiny. Maybe the person needs to go through an extreme state of hopelessness. Even people go through self-harm. They do it in spite of best counsellors. They do it. It may happen. But that's an experience. Maybe one had to go through and come out of it eventually bounce back. That's how the Gita puts it. Sometimes you go through extreme darkness as a shortcut to bounce back. Everything is possible, okay? But as therapists, as friends, we should not give up. But still we should know, lot will depend on the person's receptivity, destiny, many things. Yeah. Yes? Uh, so, what is the place of Sri Aurobindo and Mother in your life? And uh, I want to just know, I have just curiosity about uh, whenever we go in Sri Aurobindo Ashram, uh, I went three, four ashram. So in every room, in everywhere we find uh, their photos and everything. And in fact, they are sailing also in ashram. So don't you think after some time it will be, it will become religion or something? Because uh, good question. Who are not educated, education that they do, they surrender themselves. It's good. Yes, I, I understand. So, I quite understand your question, very valid question. Uh, the place of mother and Shurabindu in my life is a very personal question. I can answer it in one word, everything. Okay? It's like being in love. 
But at the same time, I understand that what I love, others need not love. And not with a sense of condescending superiority. Oh, they are not ready. Not with that. Each one has their own way. That's what Mother and Shurabindu have taught. And each one must explore their own way. And that is how the ashram is constituted. Frankly, in this ashram, uh, you have seen right now just, you know, a little bit of sale counter and all. But the ashram is organized on the basis of so much freedom that there is no formal ritual. Have you noticed this also? When you go inside the ashram, you are not told you have to bow down, you have to do this prayer, you have to attend this, nothing. Not even a dress code, nothing. There is no panda in between. No boys queue, girls queue. So this is, the freedom that is given here is enormous to explore. But as part of that freedom, I agree with you that there are people who may not need photographs. But there are people who need photographs. What do you do about them? Because they need an external support. As I said, you need a representation outside. What would be wrong is if photographs are given free. Because then you are trying to convert people or preach people. But it's perfectly fine to have photographs on a sale counter. Leave people to choose. They are not uh, cheap either. <laughs> so, if somebody wants to pick up, picks up. Because see, religion is a step towards spirituality. Religiosity. In Indian thought, it has always been like that. You have the temples, you have gurus and you have those who ultimately discover inside. So, we don't use either or. Then we will form a religion of no religion. You get the point? So, we have to understand that, well, ultimately you have to seek Mother and Shurabindo and the truth they have brought inside. That's what they have written. Anybody who turns to their works will understand it's impossible to make a religion out of it. They didn't even give a fixed method that you have, everybody must follow it. In the ashram, nobody has a fixed routine. So, it's a very Catholic ashram. You can come from any belief, background, surname, nobody asks you any questions. All that is needed is a call for the yoga. There is not even a formal initiation. Okay. But having said that, plenty of humanity just want to get a, you know, what can be called as uh, a window glimpse. They are satisfied with it. Like when we were children, we used to have this bioscope. Have you ever, you know what is a bioscope? So, bioscope used to be where uh, you, uh, you give some 10 paisa those days. And uh, there is a machine on which they would show uh, 10 pictures. So this is Dili Kutub Minar. I don't know why they used to show Kutub Minar. We thought Kutub Minar is a big thing. First time I saw it, I discovered that it's such a useless structure. What is big deal about it? Delhi has so many beautiful things. Why of all the things? Kutub Minar. But they used to show us Kutub Minar. Agra ka Taj Mahal dekho. Phir ye dekho, wo dekho. Himalaya dekho. So we used to be very happy we have seen it. Now... Out of 100 people who saw, one person would one day say, let me see what this Himalaya is, you know, I have seen the picture. So, he would feel the urge. Now, there is a world of difference between watching Himalaya on bioscope for 10 paisa or whatever, watching a film on Himalaya now and actually taking the travel. But if you don't show Himalaya at all, maybe the very first step is gone. People don't know. That there is something as beautiful as that. So you can do it by speech, you can do it through books, you can do it through um, tapes and other things. What would be bad is one, to tell them, 
that look everybody was walk the himalayas that would be bad those who are not taking this journey are sinners or bad guys or my god my guru is the only one or best one others are inferior fortunately this we don't do in the ashram we are told see i spoke to you for almost 1 hour till you asked me a question i didn't use the name of mother and shrivindo did you notice it and i didn't make an effort very naturally because the purpose is not to convert you to mother and shrivindo that is their job i don't want to do their job <laughs> okay so if you feel naturally inclined you would spontaneously and that can happen anywhere you don't i mean i i had my aha moment in delhi knot place and i didn't even know about pondicherry existing in the map of this world i just picked up a book and it changed my life so it must come to you naturally organically but since it is you know if people want to know a lot of people want to know that you know we want to know something about what mother and shrivindo have written so okay there is a book if you want to buy then depending on basic to you know that's why they are there or if somebody people feel connected through a photograph and i can go to that extent even when you have discovered them within or for that matter anyone still a photograph carries a meaning i'll give you a logic when you love somebody are you happy just loving inside or you like to meet the person physically yeah so because we are embodied beings we are not just uh, inner beings we are also physical beings vital beings emotional beings mental beings we love to remember we love to see a photograph oh he is my childhood friend isn't it why because he is always your friend but when you see a picture you have a joy so even when you discover inside still going to samadhi for those who have i'm i'm not saying for everybody who go to samadhi bow down and feel connected through a photograph it's wonderful i mean i have discovered them inside but my room is full of their photograph but well, i love it you know when you love someone you want to you know so that's how it is yeah didn't come by way of education it came by way of seeking so the book that changed my life was synthesis of yoga so it was i was dissatisfied with all that i knew at that time and i think i thought that i know a lot <laughs> like everybody uh, at 21 22 i had read almost everything possible uh, of indian and western thought and then a doctor you feel you are a big guy intelligent guy fmc and all you know Uh, you think you are some super intelligent fellow and you think you know everything and you have decided there is no god so i was an agnostic because uh, all this idea of nirvana mukti sounded too selfish to me and god creating world then call it maya then asking you to get out was equally foolish absurd i said such a god i can't worship i became an agnostic i said okay i let me be a good doctor that i was confident that <laughs> that's when i chanced into this bookstore called bookworm in knot place so i saw this book synthesis of yoga by shirvindo and i first the name did something i don't know why now i can know why and i opened the page and i saw all life is yoga i said this is what i am seeking but how come i have not read him so i picked up the book that day 
So for me that changed because I was seeking. It was not that I want to apply it in education and psychology and in my everyday life. No, I was seeking what is the reality or truth. I want to know it because I, I feel without knowing that my life is half filled. So in FMC we used to have a lot of people going for uh, gancha and hashish and all. They were joints like that. Yeah, everywhere there are people like that. And I used to raise this question, why am I not going? Because if there is no God, there is no basis for goodness or anything. Okay, if I am just seeking joy, happiness, then that is a shortcut to happiness. So why should I? And there is no God. So what is the basis of being good? So this question used to haunt me. It may not haunt somebody else. But it was haunting me. So for me, this book became a means for my personal growth. Now, it automatically when you grow within, you can apply it in any field. Because that is how Brahman is defined. You know, Brahman, you must have heard the word, the highest state of consciousness. Forget the word, you know. Now, what does it mean? That knowing which all else can be known. So you can apply it in education, you can apply it in psychology, in physics, you can apply it in art, you can apply it in music, you can apply it in um, relationships. But first you must get it. That's important. You can't apply it by reading a book. You may read about integral education. The moment you hit the word psychic being, you'll hit a roadblock. Intellectually you will accept. Maybe, you know, okay, there is a soul which you will remember it. But that's why it's important to engage with yoga. But since everybody is not yet, you know, for whatever reason, undertaking the journey of yoga, so it's good also to have a working framework. So that's why all this talk and, you know, uh, it's, it's good to have a framework. Some will probably embark on the journey. That's, I must say, without that, it will always be incomplete. You know, no teaching can be only book teaching. In medicine, imagine if I learnt everything on books. Will you entrust yourself to me if you, ha- you, are, you are not well? You won't. Only, sir, you haven't learned anything. You have studied you really have never seen a patient. Okay? With everything, it's the same. So, yoga, read books, it will give you a frame. It will help you in general to widen your consciousness a little bit, uh, help you understand things a little better. But walk the, walk the journey. Undertake the journey. Okay? So I wish, you know, uh, but I have my now dispensary calling me to go and see my patients. Alright? So thank you all so much. If you wish, if you have more questions, feel free to write. I think uh, somebody has my email. You, you have my email. Those who wish to um, have, have questions, feel free to write. Okay? Yes. If you send me an email, don't get a reply in two days. That means it has gone into spam by mistake. So in which case, take my number and tell me that you have sent me an email. Okay? Because this happens uh, quite often. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you.